Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you you um <laughs> you just keep speaking because we're not great at listening. But help us to be great at listening today. Help us to have open ears and open hearts. Um, help us to swallow any pride we may have and any know-it-all attitudes we may have. And all we've heard it all before attitudes, but Lord, may we be like Steve and ask for a fresh revelation this morning. And may we receive it and may we put it into practice and may we see it bear fruit in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, sorry, I stole your mask. It's right here. Hi. Hi. You know, it's so good to see you all. We've been all week going, what do we do about church? Because the cases have been rising. And, and what do we do to keep everyone safe? And what do we do to make sure that people don't miss out on Christmas if they come and someone accidentally comes positive. Um, so I think we're doing the right thing. So thank you, everyone, for masking up today and, and just, you know, we don't want everyone to, people to be isolated over Christmas time because that's, that's not fun. Um, sorry, I was, I'm reading, <laughs> reading from Luke and I forgot to open it. So, and now, of course, I can't do it. There we go. I love God's word, the translation. I love God's word anyway, like, God's Word. But there's a great translation called God's Word. Um, now it wants me to tell me if I'm enjoying the app. Yeah. <laughs> Not now. <laughs> Come on. Get it together. <laughs> yeah, I like books too, just quietly. <laughs> Pages are good. And you love the smell of new books, hey? Oh, love a new book. You open it. So exciting. Old books, they make me sneeze. Glennis, I just noticed you've got pink hair. That's amazing. Did you intend to do that? I love it. <laughs> You're like a Christmas fairy. <laughs> oh, Cheryl. <laughs> if you can't see this, you need to come to church because, you know, we've got all the colours going on right now. That's beautiful. I'm, I'm very impressed. Okay, let's read Luke 2. Sorry. I just... Did you find him? He's trying. There's Cheryl. <laughs> and there's Glennis there. All right. Right there. <laughs> All right. Okay, Luke 2. If you want to find it, you can or you can just listen. Okay. At the time, the Emperor Augustus ordered a census of the Roman Empire. This is the first census taken. Why, Quirinius was a governor of Syria and all the people went to register in the cities where their ancestors had lived. These days, we'd just do it online, wouldn't we? But, you know, in those days, I had to go places. So Joseph went from Nazareth, a city in Galilee, to a Judean city called Bethlehem. That was a pretty good distance because they didn't have a car, right? You had to walk it or a donkey or whatever you needed. So pretty, pretty long way. Joseph, a descendant of King David, went to Bethlehem because David had been born there. Joseph went there to register with Mary. She'd been promised to him in marriage and she was pregnant. While they were there in Bethlehem, the time came for Mary to have her child. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there wasn't any room for them in the inn. Shepherds were in the field near Bethlehem. They were taking turns watching their flock during the night. An angel from the Lord suddenly appeared to them. The glory of the Lord filled the area with light and they were terrified. I would have been too. The angel said to them, don't be afraid. 
I, I don't know if you notice this, but the angel said that bit quite a lot. So I think he's used to people being terrified of him. Don't be afraid. I have good news for you, a message that will fill everyone with joy. Today, your Saviour, Christ the Lord, was born in David's city, and this is how you will recognise him. You will find an infant wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly, I love suddenlies, suddenly a large army of angels appeared with the angel. Whoa. Now, we just read the Christmas story and just kind of gloss over it after years of listening to it, but suddenly, has anyone seen a great army of angels, like in person? It would have been amazing. Okay, they were praising God by saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those who have his goodwill. The angels left them and went back to heaven. The shepherds said to each other, let's go check it out. Sorry, Melissa's version. And they went quickly. They found Mary and Joseph with the baby who was lying in a manger. When they saw the child, they repeated what they had been told about him. Everything was true that they'd been told. Everyone who heard the shepherd's story was amazed. Everyone who heard the shepherd's story was amazed. The angels uh, just happen to show up in Christmas decorations, don't they? I love nativity scenes. So I have like a gazillion of them at my house. And we unpack our Christmas decorations every year. And I'm just like, a nativity scene. The kids go, okay, put it there. I'm like, another nativity scene. The kids are like, another one? And so by the time we get to about, I think I've got at least 15 of them, maybe more. I love them. They're so cute. And, you know, Mary and Joseph, the baby there. And I'm just going, this is the moment that God came to earth as a human with the full soul purpose to rescue me. That, I, I want to celebrate that. So I buy all the nativity scenes because so, I love them so much and I love it when shopping centres have them and I always make a point of pausing there because usually, have you ever done this trick, at, like we used to do this at school, you just stand there like this, me and my friend, we'd stand there like this and soon enough, soon enough someone would come up to you like, what are they doing? Yeah, and then by the time you get about 15 people standing up there looking like they actually leave and you just laugh like people are looking at something there's nothing there. Sorry, I, I used to do random things in school. But now that I'm a little bit older, the random thing that I do, I stand at the nativity scene and I look at it. And people go, I wonder what she's looking at. And they come and have a look as well. I want people to see that miracle that God came for them as well. And just pray that in that moment of looking, in that moment of seeing that God will reveal to them that he's there for them. You know what? That's why I love Christmas carols. I used to hate Christmas carols. hated them. I used to play in a band all the time. I had to play Christmas carols. There's only so many times you can do the verses over and over again. And after a while, I went, do you know what? People go to carol services and they sing about Jesus. You know, I'm happy to put up with the Santa songs because the Jesus songs are there. And, and we have people, my neighbours, people in our towns and our cities will go and they'll sing and they'll listen to Christmas carols in the shops and Jesus is going across in the air. Then wouldn't you rather Jesus in the air than a lot of other stuff? I know that when we went to Kenya, the, um, the mosque was nearby and they had their prayers and it was the most unnerving thing because very, very early in the morning, you'd wake up to their prayers sounding out over these massive loudspeakers. The whole city could hear these prayers in, of of Islam. And I'd pray and say, Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. I need your voice and your word to be going through my mind while I sleep. Because at the same time, these things are going over there. The same in our shopping centres. Don't you want the message of Jesus to be 
filling the minds of our children, of our, our teenagers, the people who are desperate for, for hope and for, for peace and for, for family. Like that's, oh, I get so excited. Okay. This is... So, angels. I haven't even got past my first paragraph. Angels have been messengers throughout the whole Bible. Like we read it at Christmas time, oh, that's a pretty cool job to have. But all through the Old Testament, angels were showing up, telling people stuff. They were warning, um, they were sharing information, they were sharing the Word of God um, all, all the way through the place. Um, they praise and glorify God. I don't know where the pictures of cherubs sitting on clouds with little arrows came from, but I'm pretty sure an angel looks more like a men in black guy, you know, the suit and the glasses. i got a job to do, I'm going to do it. Okay? You're all going, what? <laughs> That's okay. But if you read the Bible, there's not many places that they talk about angels having wings and and all the things that we do to depict angels. I, I wonder whether Gabriel was just a a guy who just showed up and said, hey, you know, I'm guessing that if he showed up in front of me, I'm going to think that there's something supernatural going on. So 500 years before the first Christmas, Gabriel appeared to Daniel and told him how long it would be until the Messiah came. 500 years before. Later, it was Gabriel who appeared to Zacharias to announce that he'd have a son who would become John the Baptist, um, who would be Jesus' cousin, He was a forerunner for Jesus. He appeared to Mary, told her that she was going to have a son, and he would be called the Son of the Most High. And it's very likely that it was Gabriel who went to the shepherds and talked to them. So angels have a pretty distinct job. Then the sharing the good news is part of it. Um, They minister to believers. They fight spiritual battles. They warn. They announce good news. They guide and instruct. They praise and glorify God. Then we're not supposed to worship angels. Because they're the messengers, right? Just like people aren't supposed to worship us, supposed to worship Jesus. So we're the messengers of the good news. So the shepherds are just doing their job. It's night time, they're watching their sheep. An angel appears before them. The glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. They were terrified. I'm, I'm a little unique <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, I love driving down streets I've never driven down before. If anyone's been in the car with me and we've gone somewhere different, oh, I've never been down this street before. Um, that's a line I say often because um, I'm married to someone who likes to go the known way, or I like to go the new way. So um, if we can drive a different way home, I'd like to do that. Um, so I get really excited when I get to. Going somewhere I've never been before, um, experiencing something I've never seen or done, I love I love just, wow, that's really exciting. Um, foods, love trying new foods. So I love, I don't actually have a favourite food because it changes all the time because I find something different to love. So years ago it was Mexican and then we went to Thai and then Vietnamese and, oh, we went, I don't know what we're at now. Um, nah, don't know. But I love different things. Kids said to me, what's your favourite chocolate? I don't know. So like zucchini flowers. Anyone tried zucchini flowers? Like stuffed zucchini flowers? Oh, amazing. So fun. Uh, frog's legs. We went to a French restaurant. We had frog's legs. Not Fredo frogs. Well, well you could classify Fredo frogs. Yeah, okay. Fredo frogs, sure. Um, real frogs. Snails. We tried escargot. I know. It's, it's so exciting. Okay. Uh, kangaroo. Try a kangaroo. 
Yes, it's in the supermarket. You can get that now. Uh, what about crocodile? Yes, all right, wasn't it? Yeah. Emu. You want to try an emu? That's fun. Uh, witchy grubs. Ever found one while you're camping and just, you know. You guys need to live more. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I've had a few flies in my life, but that wasn't on purpose. You know that? <laughs> yeah. And after a while, you're just pitching it like plastered on the back of your throat. And you go, I just got to swallow that thing because it ain't coming back out again without, you know. <laughs> okay. So I really love learning new things. And um, we're out visiting um, some people that Andrew knew better than I did, um, some friends um, up in Queensland. And we were talking about um, sign language and, and she said, I have a Braille machine. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to learn about Braille. So she got it out and she was showing me how to read Braille. And I was so excited to learn that's how Braille works. Oh, wow, really cool. She showed me how, how all the dots work, the patterns and, and how you, you have, didn't always put all the words in because it's too many things. The books would be too thick and things like that. And, um, and Andrew and, and the guy, the husband were just sitting together, you know, quietly, as the guys do, and I'm there going, oh, look at this, it's so good. And um, the guy goes to Andrew, she's really getting into that, hey. Andrew's like, she likes learning new things. <laughs> I was, yes, I do. I was, so, I was driving home that night going, I'm so excited about this. <laughs> so excited. Okay. Sometimes things are, have just bring us a lot of joy. And I know that in your life, you get joy from different things. That's just something that brings me joy. I know that some people don't like being in um, new situations. It's quite scary. And that's okay. There's other things that would bring you as well, bring you joy as well. But the message that the angels brought was joy producing. This is a time, the angels' message, this is the, the message for you that is going to bring joy to you. So that's, on your seats, you've got one of these pieces of paper. And if you want to fill in, you can. So point number one, the message is joy producing. It's good news. Now, many people have the wrong concept about what joy is. They think that maybe joy is a personality. You know, they're a bubbly person, so that, that means that they have to have joy. That's not true. You're not joyful just because you're born that way. Some people think that joy is a matter of circumstances or environment. Well, I'd have more joy if this wasn't happening or that wasn't happening. That's not true either. Joy is not dependent on our circumstances. It's what's happening inside us. Anyone been pregnant before? Yep. Nate's sympathetic pregnancy. Well done. Pregnancy is uncomfortable, right? Mel, you're right in there, right? Sometimes you get a sore back. Anyone had a sore back being pregnant? Yep. Sciatica? Yep. Um, throwing up? Yep. Aches and pains? Tired? Nothing works properly? Yeah. So it's great. Let's <laughs> it's a paradox, though. There's so much joy because you're wanting to have a baby, but at the same time you've got all of this discomfort. But you're happy to put up with the discomfort because you know the baby's coming, don't you? You don't get midway through your pregnancy and go, oh, no, I've had enough of this, you know. I don't feel like it, but you're not going to. You're not going to. Stop. Because the joy is coming. 
The hope is coming. And in your life today, you might be uncomfortable. You might have discomfort. You might have pain. You might have things that just aren't sitting right and they're not working properly. And God's saying, you don't give up. This is the time that you need to keep pressing in, holding on to me because the joy is coming. The joy is coming. You have to keep holding on to the joy. Hope doesn't disappoint us. It's in the waiting that the promise comes. True joy is able, the ability to rise above the circumstances of our life. There's been some awful things happen this week, hasn't there? Just awful things. You know, people's lives have been changed in our community, in other communities, in, in horrible ways because life happens. We have sin in our world and things just go wrong often. Accidents happen. People make mistakes. People do the wrong thing. That's um, it, what it is. But the joy comes underneath that. Circumstances are happen. It's kind of like an eagle will soar above the storm and be above it. That's your joy. That's your joy. No matter what happens, no matter how things get blown around, I can still have this hope in me. Nehemiah 8.10 says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. If we want to... If we want true joy this Christmas and throughout our lives, let's be filled with the joy of knowing Jesus. Uh, if, if you've ever owned a child and a container of glitter, um, you'll know that glitter, once it's out there, it's like all out there, right? So it gets on you and it gets everywhere and you're still finding that stuff, you know, forever. Just move house. It's never going to get out. <laughs> it still follows you. <laughs> That's true. Sometimes I wonder when we go through life, it's like we've got glitter on our hands of joy. Are we filling up the joy of our hands and spreading it wherever we go? Yeah? Are we, wherever we go, are we, are we scattering joy? Are we leaving joy places so that people f- leave us feeling better about their life and finding hope and meaning? We're not, if we're not joyful, it's because we're not full of Christ. I found that a little bit harsh. I found that harsh. If we're not joyful, it means that we're not full of Christ because Christ brings our joy. He is the source of joy. 1 John 1, four says, And these things um, we write unto you, that your joy may be full. Your joy may be full. The message of the angel is so joy-producing, it has the ability to transform someone's life permanently. Wow. I want permanent, joyful, joyfulness in my life. That'd be good. So the message of the Lord doesn't produce joy. And our guilt doesn't produce joy, does it? Felt guilty? Lying in bed at night? You don't feel joyful, do you? If you're feeling guilty. Braiding doesn't produce joy, does it? Just makes everyone feel bad. Brings fear, anxiety, dread, loneliness, desperation. But there's joy when we have the revelation of the immense love Jesus has for us. That he would give up the comforts of heaven to come to earth to save us and rescue us. Joy has been born and Jesus will fill us with joy. So let's be joy carriers and hope bringers. Number two. 
The message is an announcement. A saviour has been born. The message is an announcement. So the angel's saying, God's here. He's here. It's the only time the infinite God was finite, when Jesus came to be on earth. He was limited by his humanness. Jesus chose to put aside his all-knowing, all-knowingness. He knew everything when he was God, but to become a, a human, he put that aside. He put aside his ability to be everywhere at once because he could just be a human. And he put aside his ability to be all-powerful. Now, this message implies that um, we need saving. Now, if you're anything like me, I don't really like admitting that I don't have it all together. Anyone like me? like to make it look like I've got my ducks in a row. Honestly, the truth is, some of the times I can't even find my ducks. I don't even know where they are. <laughs> and they're lost. <laughs> and it's, um, it's not a new thing. It's not a thing just because I've got kids and I work and whatever. Way back when I was 17, I remember riding my bike down to the phone booth in those days. Oh, they still have phone booths, but they're free now. That's awesome. Putting my little money in and I'm ringing up my Salvo officers saying, I actually can't do life. I, I need to accept Jesus into my heart. I can't do it. And that hasn't changed. I still can't do life without Jesus. I need a saviour. And too often, me and my little proud pants gets up and go, I can do this. I can do this. Jesus, you'll be fine over there. Go, go help someone else for a bit because I've got it. And Jesus kind of goes, all right, I'll see how you go. You know? And sure enough, I, I crash and, and I do a terrible job and, and I hurt people. And, and I have to get back to Jesus and go, you're right. I still can't do it on my own. I still need a saviour. I still need a saviour. And it's really easy for people in their desperate need to, to offer a saviour to them. But for the people that are a little bit like me and a little bit proud sometimes, it's really hard for us to admit sometimes that I need a saviour. But I've got to admit, I can't do it. I just can't do it without him. Now, if I was standing in a long line at a bank and waiting to do my banking... And you ran in, you grabbed hold of me, ripped my sleeve of my shirt and pulled me out of the bank. That would be interesting. Pulled me outside. I, what are you doing? And he said, I'm here to save you. I'd be like, are you nuts? Like, I've got to like, get money out because <laughs> I need money because that's clearly why I'm at the bank. Um, I've got to get money out and, and I'm embarrassed and all these people looking at us like, what's going on? Like, that's not helpful. But... If I'm in the bank line and these armed um, people come in to hold the bank up and hold us hostage and you come running in, grab hold of me and drag me out and rip my sleeve a little bit, I'll be like, thank you so much for saving me. Your situation's different, isn't it? Situation is different. I need to know the difference. In the first situation, I didn't see myself in any danger. But in the second, I knew I was doomed unless help came from the outside. So we need to recognise our need for a saviour. Number three, the message is for everyone. Your name is on the invitation. That is good news. Now, this isn't a message for the select few. You don't have to, you know, sing perfectly or 
make a certain amount of money or do certain things. He came for everyone. He's for those who are so far sunk in sin that they can barely lift their heads in shame. Jesus came for everyone. He's for all races, all ages. He's a saviour that God has provided and offered to everyone. Now, when the angel came, he was speaking to the shepherds. These guys were the social outcasts. It was a job that no one liked. They touched um, unclean animals, which meant that they couldn't go to the temple. Um, They touched carcasses of animals, which meant they were ceremoniously unclean. They couldn't attend worship. They were also considered dishonest, and they weren't permitted to give their testimony in a court of law because of that. So being a shepherd, it's a pretty dodgy job. And it seemed crazy that when God wanted to announce to someone that Jesus was born, he went to the outcast to do it. I tend to think that when God wants to do something, he's going to go for the person who least looks like they deserve it. So don't think you have to be in any position of anything for God to use you. He'll use you if you're willing and you're ready to hear him. No one is so poor, so sinful, so rejected that God's grace cannot reach them. The message is for everyone. So the point of the angel's ministry is to tell everyone that God's word is true. Because what the angel said actually happened. And in the Bible, what the angel said was going to happen, happened as well. And even all the way into Revelation, the angels are saying stuff and the stuff's happening. It's just, it's just what it is. And it's not that we actually look to angels and think angels are awesome, but we look to God and say, wow, you got your hand in this. It's under control and it's all together. Do you know Jesus is called the Word? I find it really interesting. Angels come when the Word of God is around. We had an army of angels on earth when Jesus was born. That's not a coincidence that they all showed up because Jesus was here. So good, army of angels. So what do we do with this message of good news? Number four, the message requires action. What will be my response? The angels say to the shepherds, this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. The sign, the sign was that what they were saying was true. And the shepherds did go. They did find the baby in the manger, just like the angel had told them. And it was true. So the prophecies of Jesus throughout the Old Testament, there's many of them, many, many of them, are prophecies and predictions about Jesus being the Son of God, where he would be born, from which family line he would be born from, um, where he would grow up, what would happen to him, and that he would rise again. It's pretty amazing. You could not orchestrate that. You couldn't orchestrate it. You couldn't orchestrate that the Saviour world's going to be born in Bethlehem. You couldn't orchestrate that unless you're God. You couldn't orchestrate that they're going to come back and live in Nazareth. There's a verse saying that he'll be a Nazarene. There's verses and verses that he dies, he's broken. You know, his blood and water flows out like that's when he was speared on the cross. Like, it's amazing how every single thing came true. And what the message is for us today is that we can trust that. 
We can trust that. God knew then what was going to happen. He knows now what's going to happen. And any kind of fear and anxiety, despair, discouragement, or anything like that that we have, we can trust that God's got it. Because He does. He does. He's got it for you. He's got you. He's got you. He's God. So what's my response going to be to the good news? First, we need to prepare ourselves. I love 1 Peter 1. It says, I'm going to read it because it's just so good. So roll up your sleeves, put your mind in gear. Be totally ready to receive the gift that's coming when Jesus arrives. Don't lazily slip back into those old grooves of evil, doing just what you feel like doing. You didn't know any better then you do now. As obedient children, let yourselves be pulled into a way of life shaped by God's life, a life energetic and blazing with holiness. What a cool verse that is. That's so good. Read first, Peter. It's really cool. So is there something God is waiting for me to give up or start up to make myself ready for his arrival? Is there something there? Do I need to make some relationships right in my life? Do I need to forgive someone? Do I need to ask forgiveness from someone? What's my response? What will I do with the good news? So after finding Jesus, just as the angel said, um, they went and they shared. The shepherds went and they shared the good news wherever they went. The whole town knew about it because they shared. They took the place of the angels and they shared the good news with others. So we're called to go and share as well. Share the good news that Christ has come. Now, I don't know if you remember the movie Forrest Gump. Remember Forrest Gump? Yeah, it's a classic, isn't it? Yes, they are all the lines out of it, so good job. You remember. Uh, but right at the beginning and right at the end, do you remember the feather? Just flitting through life. Kind of it's great symbolism looking up. But feathers are a, um, a symbol that people kind of grab onto quite often. Um, people see a feather, they'll pick it up and keep it or remind them of a loved one. Sometimes they, they feel like it's a message uh, from heaven from someone. Um, so today I've got some feathers and um, these are representation of the message of the angels of good news for you. So there's a couple of things you can do with this. I have a few and they're, they're just beautiful feathers. All nice and little fluffy ones. Um, so on it is... Um, Luke 2, where's the good news of Jesus coming? That's the good news message. So I'd like you, first of all, to pray and ask God what your message is. Um, and you can write that on the back. What's your message from God today? It could just be this one here that the Saviour's come for you. That might be your good news today. And if you want to receive that, absolutely, that's a great thing to do. You might want to write some words on the back that maybe God's saying to you today what your message is. Another thing you can do is, because I've got enough to do this, if you want to grab another one, and leave it somewhere, or give it to a friend, um, it might actually change their life. It might be their message from Jesus. You might want to say to them, you know what, I've got a message for you. And um, the feather's just beautiful. So people grab it, they might stick it somewhere, and just read the verse. So, do not be afraid, I'm bringing you good news that will be great joy to all the people. Today, your Saviour was born in the town of David. He is Christ the Lord. And this is how you'll know him. You'll find a baby wrapped in pieces of cloth and lying in the feeding box. And then a very large group of angels from heaven joined the first angel, praising God and saying, Give glory to God in the heaven, on earth. Let there be peace among the people who please God. So I'll get the band to come up. 
And so come, I'll put these right along so you can just come and grab one. And right on, you might want to pray and say, Jesus, I've received your good news today. I've been living in my own news. I haven't been living in your good news. I want to live in your good news. I want to receive your news. I want to live your news. And I want to share your news with others. You might want to pray for someone. Get a name of who you can give this to. Give it to and say, here's some good news for you. Here's some good news. Let's pray. Jesus, I just want to ask now, as we pray for someone, that you'll just put someone in our minds. Lord, I pray for that person that they will sense your peace and your joy close to them right now. Lord, we want to pray for people to come into relationship with you and know your peace. Lord, I pray for each of us as, as we receive your word, as we live it out, as we put it into action, Lord, that you will just give us so much joy, that we will just explode with your message everywhere we go. And people will see your goodness in us. So Jesus, I um, ask you, Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and move in this place. In Jesus' name. If you're at home today and, and this is something that you want to respond to as, as well, you might want to send us a message or um, write something in the chat. But we really want you to just to sit and just be in this moment of peace with Jesus.